Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. As you know, I'm always searching for the top minds in their field, making a difference on the cutting edge, doing things differently, out of the box thinking. And so today I'm happy to welcome our guest, Steve Kidd, and he's going to talk to us all about book writing, publishing, marketing, how to sell it. And I'm happy to welcome Steve to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We had connected through Podmatch, which is an awesome resource. Normally I wouldn't be able to get guests such as yourself on here. So tell us more about your backstory, your origin story, and we'll go from there. Sure, absolutely. My name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of 21 books and counting. Uh, more importantly, though, I, uh, as a marketing company, I've been a marketing company since 1987, working exclusively with authors since 2007, helping them everywhere from writing to publishing to the marketing of their books to bestseller and beyond. There's about four or 5,000 authors that I've worked with now, and that equates to literally several million people who have gotten their books and whose lives have been affected, um, either entertained through nonfiction or gotten the helpful resources they need in uh, in nonfiction kind of books. So uh, that's my real delight is getting to be able to help people really reach their maximum potential for who they are in life. Mm, interesting. You know, there's a lot of ways to achieve a potential why is book and why is uh becoming a off the your favorite way in your opinion well again like you said i'm a marketing company what i discovered very quickly after we made it, the first book we worked on a bestseller is just how powerful it is um you know there's really nothing else that's going to maximize the revenue of any marketing campaign, any sales program that you do, like being a best-selling author. I think Seth Godin said it best when he said, if you're writing your book to make money, then don't. But if you want to make money, you absolutely have to have a book. And I know all of the doctors that I've worked with would be the first ones to tell you they get more out of being able to use the phrase that they're a best-selling author than they do out of having been a doctor in their field for even as much as 20 years. Very interesting. Yeah, that's, you know, it's very fascinating. Uh, you know, once I had discovered that secret software is more like how to take that shortcut, I experienced ex exponential growth, didn't have to go through, you know, all the hoops and everything. So um, you actually mentioned a very interesting concept is that you're not going to get rich selling books. It's not going to be like Michael Crichton or, 
you know, Michael Lewis or John Grisham, but becoming a best-selling author creates a your brand from which you can monetize it. So tell the audience about that. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, for the most part, gone are the days where you're going to get a huge contract like Michael Crichton would get. Um, I, I think he passed recently, but, um, you know, would get if he did another book. But the truth of the matter is, is, even when you talk about those people, those really large names, all of them had full time jobs and their first books, they worked a really, really long time to uh, to make profitability. So it isn't that you can't make money from a book. It's just, um, you know, it's one of the hardest ways I can think of is to be making money a dollar or two at a time versus all the other things you can do, speaking gigs, courses, um, you know, all of those different things. I've even seen people who have gotten raises at work because it's good for the marketing company to be able to say, you know, not only is this person the CMO for our company, but they also happen to be a best-selling author on the subject. Yeah, it's elevating your brand, it's marketing, it's a PR, raises your status, uh, which I love. So basically, the question is, when you when you go through this route, um, is it better to go through a publisher, traditional publishing route, self-publishing, hybrid? Tell the audience how that publishing landscape is changing and how people that are interested in writing a book can position themselves accordingly. These days, I recommend or recommend against whatever the right way of saying that is, um, you know, going with a traditional publishing company, traditional publisher, their thing is that they're going to own your content, um, which means that you have to get their permission to use their content. Um, and whether it be something that could be an amazing movie, the publisher is the one who is going to have the final say on it. There are a lot of big name authors who, um, well, we'll use, for example, J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, Tolkien had passed away and his son was in his late 40s before the Lord of the Rings series got made. And that had to do with the publishing company um, being in the way of something that had a huge following you know, 30, 40 years previous to that. And so that's the nature of traditional publishing. When you start talking about just going purely self-publishing yourself, um, you know, typically you're talking about Amazon. There are other there are other platforms, but the truth of the matter is Amazon sells in the high 90% of all books that are sold. Um, so ultimately they're the place that you need to have your book be at. The downside to self-publishing completely is there are a lot of nuances to it. There's a lot of the SEO that is necessary to really get your book to rank, knowing what keywords, categories, those kind of things. Um, hybrid publishing came in to kind of be a help in between those. Unfortunately, most of, if not all of the hybrid publishers came from the traditional publishing background. And so they want to have their hook one way or another into your book. Uh, many of them have done it. The more the newer recent uh, hybrid publishers are doing it totally unknowing. Ultimately, it boils down to with Amazon, the person who owns the email address that set up the account and logs into the account, that's who Amazon has the contractual relationship with. And so ultimately, um, you know, if that person is no longer able to access their email, that company goes out of business, Amazon doesn't know who you are. The author name is a form field. You could go by any name you wanted to, 
pretty much, um, you know, in that form field, it's about who owns that email address. So that's kind of the downside of hybrid publishing. Um, myself, and there's a couple others that are, that I've trained basically, um, you know, that are now coming in and doing it more as a service so that you can get the elements of your self-publishing done properly for you without losing that ownership of your book. Mm, interesting. I love that idea of as a service. Um, you know, you're seeing so many things being delivered as a service now, um, which opens up, you know, different subscription models, you know, different revenue models. So it's really interesting. And really, you know, I think that, you know, going through a traditional publisher, it's like high gate. And then, you know, you have, there's one person, you know, it's you're going to waste a lot of time. Whereas you go self-publishing, you can market on social media. From what I, you know, I know a lot of self-published authors, they actually make more um, and they own their content, which is, you know, a key idea in this Web3 space is owning your your content. You know, I'm always forward thinking. So how does, you know, writing a book and this idea of ownership and you controlling the rights to your products, you don't have to go through Gatekeeper. How does that, how is that going to change with uh, artificial intelligence, a Web3, and uh, this new economy that we're seeing? Well, so you have to understand um, artificial intelligence is ultimately only going to ever be as good as the level of the programmer that programmed it. Although they're quote-unquote learning machines, they can only even learn based on the algorithms that are put into it. They do not have the capability like a human brain to go out and inquisitively search for and form formulate their own opinions, you know, quote unquote, own opinions off of material like we do as human beings. Um, now, there's some really slick, elegant algorithms that are built in to try to make them do that. But ultimately, that algorithm is built by a person who has a particular belief system um, and uh, way that they code things. And so ultimately, you're never going to have that creative expression. Uh, a friend of mine, actually, I was talking to, it's interesting that you brought that up. We were talking about some of the really beautiful artwork that's come out over the course of the last, even just a couple of weeks. And some of them are really amazing looking. Someone that is an art critic, though, somebody that really knows that space, they will show you this is where the AI combined this element of this art master, this element of that. They brought those together and they did it versus, um, you know, that pure creativity that is a human being. Um, and, and that's good because we wouldn't want AI to get to the place where they were fully sentient. You know, there's enough movies about that that we know where the the downfall of that can become. Um, you know, so ultimately, as a creator, as a creative, nothing's ever going to replace you. That isn't to say that um, I love using like chat GPT when you write something and you're like, yeah, how else could I say this? And you run it through that and have it rewrite it. Um, and about a third of what it says is things that you're like, yeah, I like the way they said that. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant at all, you know? Um, and uh, and so it's really useful when you're talking about writing copy for a web page or a small post, whether that be a blog post or, or an email. Um, when you start beginning to talk about large books, the place for story development editors and creative writers and things like that, that's never going to really go away. Yeah, um, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. 
And then I was going to say, as far as Web3 goes, and you have to keep in mind, I've been in web space since before literally the word the internet existed, um, you know, back to the original Netscape Navigator 1.0 browser, uh, actually before that, but that was the first browser that actually literally came out uh, there. Mozilla had a kind of sort of, but we won't get into the deep technical <laughs> details, you know, and the thing about it is, is that Web3 really has more to do with political, operational kind of things than it does the base concept HTML, um, which is ultimately the bottom line version of how every website's going to be, how that is translated across um, from a computer to be the visual imagery that we see. And, and we could talk about all the different programming languages and different nuances and that. And like I said, I don't want to dive off that clip into deep technology things. But again, really Web3 is really more about um, consistent regulation, really more than it is about, again, having to do with uh, anything that really impacts the creativity of anything in web space. Interesting. Uh, really, uh, that's a new perspective that I've heard because um, usually creators these days, they go to they go to YouTube, podcast, podcast new, Instagram, Twitter, you know, blog, blogs are kind of, you know, those things. I think blogs, websites, and now Web3 are kind of the email lists. These are kind of the closest things for creators to um, really control and own their intellectual property. But it's interesting that how you described it in terms of uh, infrastructure layer. Well, it's interesting, Chris, as you bring up the ownership, because in Web3, we've gotten a lot of and don't get me wrong, they're amazing tools, but we've gotten a lot of tools that in the striving to really truly own our content, using those tools actually abandons our ownership of our content um, for all of the site builders, um, many of the email list providers and things like that. And we have to really actually be very careful that we actually do understand what are we contractually agreeing to when we go to use this product, you know, this app or this, um, you know, particular company service to help make what are what we're doing in life easier? Yeah, yeah. I was talking to this one um, artist and musician recently, and they were saying because they they have these now. There's um, what they call uh, Web three wallets. Basically, it's how we're gonna be able to interact, you know, digitally. But um, they basically create a song or a piece it's recorded on the blockchain it's immutable and they basically their fans can uh you know tip them they can buy their music there's token gated access which is uh more of a decentralized way but it's really interesting how your perspective on that um i've never heard of that but you know it's always well, good and with that said when you start getting into all of the nuances of an nft and for people that don't know what we're talking about, we're we're going deep technical, you know, but um, the concept of an NFT and anything that is an artistic, creative type of a thing, uh, there's some amazing things that are coming up, um, you know, where a person can write a book, have that book get sold originally to the person, and then rather than that book ending up five, 10, 50 years from now in a garage sale, because let's face it, one of the powers of books is that we don't typically throw books away. We might give them away in a free bin at a garage sale, but we don't 
normally throw books away. Um, in the NFT space, the author could actually empower the reader to be able to sell it and make money, but them also get a small portion of um, that repeat sale. And it could become, you know, almost like, uh, you know, almost like an MLM in a, in a sense, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm using that very loosely, but so there are some cool things technologically that are doing that way. Um, again, that has more to do with, uh, you know, knowing what you're signing up for so that the NFT provider that you use doesn't end up owning the lion's share of the rights to whatever your creative work is so that ongoingly you're making the money off of that song or that book or that artwork versus, you know, they make a whole bunch and you make a couple of pennies off of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're seeing, uh, you know, with, you know, Facebook and Google, they basically take the lion's share. They give us, you know, pennies on the dollar, but there's other ways around it. You know, there's, there's ads or sponsors there's affiliates, you know, your products consulting. So um, always a great time to be a creator. So one thing is, uh, if someone's interested in writing a book, how do, how do they know what to write or what's next? How to create a bestseller? Tell us more about that process. Sure. Uh, I mean, the first thing we're going to do when a person's working with me is we're going to do a strategy session. In that strategy session, we want to talk about, uh, you know, first of all, really understanding and knowing who you are and what your purpose is in life. What's that? What I call one thing. Typically, that comes out in everything we do. You know, we're really passionate about something. Uh, even the most inarticulative person, you get them on that subject and they can just go off for hours. Um, that's usually a pretty good clue as to, you know, the heart and soul and core of a person's passion. So you need to understand that. But then you need to also understand who is that one person that I'm talking to. When we break down writing our book or, or any type of creative work down to just helping a person, versus the whole of the universe, it's it's much easier to wrap our heads around. You know, I mean, trying to reach millions becomes a little confusing. And more than that, you can't talk to everybody. You can only talk to one person at a time, really. Um, and so focusing that. So we begin to talk about that and what is their need and what of that one thing that we have, um, what is the one thing that they need and how does that, how does who we are reach that need for them? Uh, so that becomes then the foundational basis of it. Um, and then I recommend to people use speaking to write, just get on. Um, you know, I conduct interviews with my, with my authors and, uh, and I just get them talking. Uh, you know, there's a process to the way that a book flows, but the more of a casual conversation it can feel like the better. And that's the best way I know of to get the content out of a person. Uh, like I said, again, if we can just get them tapped into that, place where they're flowing in something that they really love and want to talk about, um, just a whole bunch of great content comes out. And, and then from there, we can have a story development editor, always important, somebody that's really good at looking at this whole blob of content and saying, here's how it should flow. Here's what's missing. Here's the things that I didn't understand. Um, you know, and so then we, that way we can really hone the content down. Uh, until we really have that consistent content, uh, there really isn't a whole lot of space. And don't get me wrong, editors, I love you, okay? But um, it doesn't really matter if you have really great English and proper grammar on something <laughs> that's going to, quote unquote, end up in the cutting worm floor, you know? Um, so that becomes after that. 
Um, so that's kind of the basis of the process that, that yeah. I do with people um, is to be able to help them really bring it out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, like I said, uh, there's a great quote talking about everybody has a book in them. They just have to get started. Um, how can people contact you, follow you, reach out to you if they're interested in this topic? Well, I'm Steve Kidd or Ask Steve Kidd just about on any social media. What I'm going to do for your people is if they will go to ongoing, that's ongoing, um, I have a free gift there for you. It's a five-step program. Like I said, I've been a marketing company forever. Um, it's a five-step process for you to be able to continuously have a method for generating money, wealth, abundance in your life, you know, so that we begin to look at life not as what are the dollars and cents that are in my bank account today, but more so I have a process to be able to put money back into it and to be a contributing member, if you will, of society. Um, so that's a free gift to them, uh, freely downloadable. And they can also actually get a copy for free of my 20th best-selling book that's called Bestseller is Only the Beginning. It'll kind of help you understand, uh, yes, you need that foundational element of being a bestseller, kind of just like as a doctor, you needed to graduate from medical school. So you earned the right to then learn how to be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> I even use that analogy in the book. Um, and then, you know, when you get to the thank you page, I've even got a, a link there to schedule 15 minutes for free to talk to me and see how I can help. Yeah. And for the audience listening, let's thank Steve for coming on. Uh, I really, I think everybody should influencer. You should write, be writing a book. It elevates your brand, your status, and not very many people do it. So um, it, make, it sets you that much further ahead. All of Steve's resources will be in the links and show notes. He's on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as the ongoing wealth guide is going to be the free gift for the audience. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to Thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.